everyone, I'm Carmela. Welcome to Under the Spotlight. This uh, continuing series is about featuring people who are interesting and have had impact on others. And today what you will glean for yourself from our very special guests will be inspiration to make your vision come true. Do you have a vision? Do you have those thoughts? Do you have those big dreams? So when I introduce this woman to you, you're going to feel the show in as much as hear from her and we do have some places to go we're traveling very far today to the uh, rainforest and this woman that you will meet and see and feel will carry through her journey but i find her incredibly inspiring so please give a warm welcome to my very special friend nan santulo who joins us from home now and home in the rainforest which will show some pictures in a moment good morning and welcome to under the spotlight nan Hi. Oh, thanks so much, Carmela, for your invitation. And uh, I'm so happy to be with you. We're both feeling this today, Nan, and I spoke with Peter a couple of minutes ago. Like We, we feel very joyful and happy to be together. We have a lot to bring. Uh, let me just start by saying you began this as founder and CEO of Rainforest Flow mm -hmm. back in 2000. Do I have that right? Did it start back then? Yeah, that is, then. That is correct. And you you bring to the indigenous people in Peru, and you'll have to tell us more exact locations. We're gonna show some pictures of where you go, but let's start with how to get there. You had a vision years ago. You were in marketing, photography. How did the vision of helping these indigenous people even come about, Nan, please? Well, you know, you when you when I look back on it, I, I, I've I've shared often that I say it wasn't in the multiple choice questions when I was choosing what I was going to be uh, when I grew up. Photography was my love, and through you know being in Los Angeles and being involved in fashion and advertising and and television commercials, but there was a deeper longing in me, and it really was awakened after my father's my father passed away. I was thirty. 31, and um, it really, I asked those inner questions, who am I, why am I here, and why am I doing this? And that led me on an inner journey and ultimately led me to Peru into uh, taking a trip. I took a sabbatical. Um, I wanted to take three months off, and I wanted to allow my intuition to bring me to just to walk and to trust that I would, the path would unfold before me. And I ended up in Cusco in the regular Machu Picchu, uh, oh, which is phenomenal, you know, the, the beautiful Andean life and the culture. But it was the moment I stepped off that plane in Cusco, I felt a familiarity to the land that's hard to put into words. One thing led to another. I was, uh, I wanted to get to the rainforest. I wanted to research medicinal plants. Really what brought me to Peru was um, what happens to us, you know, when in, hum in human nature, when we hit the wall and we say, that's it, I can't go any further, uncle, I'm done. I can't do anymore. And I really wanted to understand consciousness and I, and I wanted to understand how we get past that victim consciousness once we say, I can't go any further. So I went to the rainforest and I was, I was able to, you know, one day I went into an office of people who took on tours and I said, you know, I want to go in the rainforest, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, go with a tour. She said, come back at the end of the day, I'll let you know. And I went back in and I, she said, I have room on my bus. 
uh, I said, what will you charge me? She said, nothing, go in. So there was the door and that please. Uh, that brought me into one of the most biologically diverse places on earth, which is called so, Manu National Park and Biosphere Reserve. This picture that's up, Nan, oh, is yeah. of the... Manu, that is the protected zone of the Manu Biosphere Reserve. It's strictly protected. You only get inside there um, with governmental permission and only uh, very few people in the world will ever get that far. And you're on this boat. Yeah, I'm right there. I took the picture, yes. How long? Yeah, these are all Nan's pictures. Yeah. How long is that trek on the boat? Well, it's, the it could be anywhere from four days to a, it could, it could, if it's dry season, it could take us up to, you know, six days or seven days in. But what? the longest I've been on the river, yeah. Yeah, so it's one day from Cusco and then it's four to five days um, so on the river. You you felt a nudge in your heart. So you have this wonderful career, dad passes, you lose a little, I understand the feeling, we lose a little bit of ourselves when a parent passes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. you, you make this trip to find solace, to do some soul searching. Here you are in the rainforest, but something calls you to a bigger purpose. Right. The people, for one, we have a picture of you. I love, there are two pictures of you that I adore. There's one of you, and a group of kids and you're smiling and they're laughing. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, yeah, I think it's that one, Peter. I love this picture of you. This is so you to me. You make me smile, you make me laugh. You have something in you that just shows up. And I realized in looking at this picture, you felt a nudge, you didn't know what it was. It was completely out of your comfort zone. It wasn't even something that you imagined and you end up days down a river on a boat in the Amazon. I'm blown away. And then you meet these beautiful people. What happens next, man? Well, you know, it, when it was really the first time that it, it, it awoken in my body, mind and spirit was when I was down at the river with some kids and we were playing. And as we walked back to their schoolhouses, because I initially went there thinking I was going to build a schoolhouse. And then the teacher of the first village that I went to said, what we really need is water. And I went, you know, you have more guts than brains at that point. You go, sure, I can bring you water, you know. And I came back to the U.S. I got a group of people, a dear friend of mine formed my NGO. And within 45 days, we had, at the time it was called House of the Children, which was the metaphoric house of all children. And we've since then changed the name to Rainforest Flow. And what Rainforest Flow does is, it is that, what I say, it is, it is the whole ecosystem. It's the, you know, our own internal system, how we relate to the rainforest, the health and well-being of the children. And so I saw how water could make that fundamental change in their life. And I've been on a mission ever since then And our first grant, and then we got the money. And, and you know what? The people came to help. And, and it was um, quite magical and a lot of hard work and learning the culture and understanding. It was together being more with a team, right? Because I had the idea and the vision and it had never been done before. It had never been done before. And I wasn't an engineer, I was a photographer, I was an artist. I was, 
someone who loved beauty. And, and here we go, you know, Leslie's in, in this picture right here, Leslie's mother was five years old when we brought water to her home. And now Nancy grew up with water, her mom, and now Nancy has three or four children and Leslie is, is her daughter. So generational change, we've seen one generation. That and, and you, can we show the team for Nancy and for all of our viewing audience? We hope you're enjoying this visit. So this is uh, there's actually it's a group of uh, men um, and and of men and women together, just a large group of of people. And then we're going to show you in this mucky water. And the reason I'm <laughs> pointing these out, and she laughs. I'm like, what in the world? Because I want to say this. Tell me, viewers, anybody having an aha moment here? Let Nan know. If you are in fact experiencing that too, as Peter shows you this picture of the mucky water, I think rainforest and I think rain and green and fresh. And I don't know, I'm just gonna be eating fruit and fresh water and in this, everything's so ethereal. And then I saw this picture, I'm like, I don't understand. Water, the people in the rainforest need water. Right, and that's and a common that's a common question, especially from the US. It's like, well, wait, they're abundant. They have it, they're so happy, you know? And and the thing about it is, is as the communities, first of all, the rainforest is lush. I'm in one of the most biologically diverse places on earth. It is lush, it is beautiful, it is challenging. And as you're walking through the forest, you hope that that jaguar is not gonna track you. Right. Or as you're sleeping on the riverbank that night, as you're making as we're way, making our ways way to the community, you hope that the alligator is staying where he's supposed to be staying as he's like, ah, you know, the, the sounds of the forest. And, and but it, it, it's mastery because you you really um, it pushes you. It pushes you to grow in many levels. So the people, as they're living in more concentrated communities, as governments have gone in and giving them health posts and schools, they're not, no, as they were nomadic before, they're staying in concentrated communities now. So the water is is contaminated and, you know, industrialization, it's just, it's just the waters are coming in and they're contaminated. So right there, you're seeing that's a that's a huge slow sand filter. So what happens is the water comes in to that tank. We capture the water. We run it through a series of interesting rock and sand. Nature gives us everything we need in order to live healthy here on this earth. So we run it through a series of a pre-filter rock and sand, and then that's a slow sand filter, which is you know 90 centimeters of sand. So the water goes through very slowly. And then once it clogs up, they jump in those tanks and we start raking the top layer of the tanks. And so you're seeing how mucky it is because they're raking that top layer of the sand. Then we open up a valve, let that water clear out. We do that a couple of times, voila, the water starts going through and it arrives to the people clean. And it's not just the people here and now, you have cumulative, now generational gifts they're utilizing these systems that you put into place along with the team. Now, folks, this requires Nan to leave home in Connecticut mm -hmm. and get on a plane and then get on a bus of sorts. And no, then... we have our own car. We have our own yeah. truck, four by four transportation. And, and then this long trek down the river to go and help these people. So take us back to the mindset that is only limited because we're unaware we think rainforest, it provides so much for us. They should have everything they need there. Mm 
but you're helping us understand the water isn't drinking water, right? Great for the plants, not for the people. So you're, you're helping. How can we be a part of what you're doing? Can, can we help? Because a lot of people that are watching and will listen to the show and the podcast afterwards, we have a heart for people. We want to do something. We're doing something for everybody here by helping the people there who continue to keep the rainforest flowing. Right, and continue to become stewards, right? These generations that we're helping now, they are the future stewards of that rainforest that benefit not only them, benefit the health and well-being of the world. That's the most important piece, right? So I'm only as good, right? We as an organization are as only good as, as the funds that we can con collect here, the awareness we can raise to the importance of the people, of a human life, that they can live on their traditional homelands and live healthy and then support that forest staying intact so that it beams out to the world. It's a very that global aspect. It's 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 helping all of us. Yes. I know Peter's been bringing up some uh, pictures. I love the one of you next to this tree. I actually used it in one of the promotions for this show. You're standing by this magnificent, magnificent. Can you tell us where are you? What is this, please? That is, we think that that tree, I mean, that that's a tree in one of our communities, Tayakomi, that's in protected rainforest. And those are huge ficus trees. And um, we just stop there. And it's so, I, you know what, there's two really large ones. And one of them's 300, they're, they're tracking, it's almost 300 years old. I'm just, I'm just really wanna be careful. That may not be the 300 year old ficus tree, but that is so representative of the magnitude like there is, there is a presence in that rainforest. And when I first came down the dropping, because in Cusco, you go up 13,000 feet and you drop down into the lowland tropical rainforest. Now, I wasn't a nature girl. I think I'd only been camping one time. I When I... Did we lose Nan? Or am I just not hearing? Frozen. Okay, she's frozen. Give us just a moment. I'm looking at this picture, pictures and thinking to myself, how does a city woman in marketing, photography, fashion, feel calling, turn it into a mission? It's now generational. It's in the deep wilderness, foreign land to all of us, rainforest. In the rainforest, in Peru, down the river to go and find a way to make clean water for people generationally. What that does for me, just let me know when, when Nana's back, because I just want you to hear from, from Nan today. What that does for me is make me think, how big am I thinking? Do I have a calling? Is there a mission on my heart? How about you? Are you feeling it? Are you feeling like I, I want that life of significance? And here's a woman with, she's never even been camping. She's been camping once, camping, and she ends up days. I've seen her pack her luggage at the airport on her way. She has to pack for how many weeks, months at a, at a time. You make this trip to have impact on all these beautiful people. And we want to help because where they live affects all of us right here. It's really been incredible hearing about her, her travels back and forth as she comes back home and then uh, let's us all know what it's been like and, and share some pictures. My eyes haven't seen a place like that in person. So I always appreciate 
uh, Nan posting our, her photographs. Yes, you can donate. We're getting asked that question. Uh, Peter's putting up a link, rainforestflow.org, rainforestflow.org. I am a contributor for sure because I want her and her team to be able to duplicate this because everyone can stay on their land, their cultural lifestyle and have clean water and be healthy. You know what it's like having that fresh, clean water and protect their area, right? And find ways to make all of us feel a part of this. I love this rainforestflow.org. I was very excited to have her here today to have her speak with you. I'm not sure of her um, exact location. She's trying to get back in, which is great. I wanted to read something to you that Ran, uh, Nan had written. Uh, friends from the native village that she was just sharing with us together made possible what was said to be impossible by the experts. Vision, hard work, honest communication. She has to speak their language. They have their own language. It's not like saying, okay, we're all going to speak Spanish or Italian or something else. They have their own language. Learning from mistakes and sharing what we learned with other communities has built a replicable water sanitation and health project model for indigenous people in the Mayo Biosphere Reserve of Peru. This is Nan, I'm reading this to you, this is Nan's words. I'm proud of the villagers who have built and maintained their water and sanitation systems and who have cared for each other over 17 years. I continue to be in awe of their dedication and resilience to create a better life for their children and future generations. I don't know why I printed this out. It was just something that I, I read and I loved hearing from her heart, her mind and what her eyes have seen and her closing is keep following the gleam and never give up on the dream. And I think what Nan, even in this brief time we've had with her, is she back? She's back. She really inspires us to think outside ourselves. Nan, have you seen, let's, let's, I love being honest with her. She 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 reads energy and she can feel this. People have not only donated, but people that don't donate find ways to give elsewhere. Have you've been an inspiration for people who normally don't give in this way, give mm -hmm. in their own way. Can you expound on that a little bit just yeah. to help us fill our hearts? Mm -hmm. What I think is beautiful is that there is enough in this world for everyone. And so what I think, what I love about our journey with Rainforest Flow, it's to transcend a victim consciousness that there's not enough, that I'm not, you know, that I'm not enough, that there's not enough for me. Because what we find is as we give, it's the simple act of giving that transforms our world. So to me, Carmela, it's if they can give to Rainforest Flow, blessed are we. If they walk by that person that was asking for a dime or a quarter or a dollar, that they donate to that person. What's really important is they're inspired to live from a place of their own internal abundance and then share that. And that's what the project is about. When we teach the indigenous how to bring the water, it's that journey to the tap that transforms them because they begin to trust in themselves and they trust in like the Italian that showed up, like the Italian American that showed up to say, let's do this. You know, it won't be, it's not always going to be easy, but let's do it. So for me, it really is to remind us all that the abundance and, and beauty that we are, and as we share that, we become more. Wow. And you're right, we do become more. We're curious about a couple of things. When you when you make that trip, since it's so intense, what time frame do you typically spend when you go? 
Oh gosh, I can be in Peru, uh, you know, six six months out of the year. But when we, if we, if we're going into our really remote communities, that the outside world isn't allowed in. It's only through governmental per permission. Really, wow. those trips are sixteen days. You know, by the time you, you know, it's 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 four days just getting in, four to five days getting in, and then it's four to five days getting out. So you've just got ten days of travel, and these are. 6.30 in the morning till by the time you lay your head down on your tent, you know, on your pillow, your pillow, there's no, your clothes stacked up that are your, you know, is your pillow in your tent. So we have very long days and, but we have a dedicated crew that it's vocational. This, we're just not out there doing this because we're getting a, a paycheck and we do it because it lives in us to do that. So and that's what keeps you so patient. How does city girl you go to the rainforest mm -hmm. and say that? I mean, I can't even imagine making that kind of trek and then to lay your head down on a, a rock with some clothes on top, not even a, a pillow and a mattress and all. I mean, like you, you're just you living a life that's beyond belief. Yeah, it's you, it's just you you do it because it lives in you in a typical community to bring water and sanitation. Now, before it would take us two and a half years, we just completed our fifth community in eight months. And that community has water, sanitation at the schoolhouse. And then we work on integrating their sanitation in their homes. So it is really a, it's, it's the first time it's been done for indigenous cultures successfully with their participation. And, and so now we look to how we can magnify that because us doing one community at a time, you know, I'll be long gone before we can get through even the southeastern Peruvian Amazon. So we'll we'll de we're we're developing a global teaching and learning center. So that's new, where people can come to, where indigenous people can come to, where municipals, where the local workforce can come to, and we can share our model, and then they go out and replicate that. So that people who want to come be with you, can they travel with you? Is there a way to go and see? Uh, what's what's any kind of hands-on that you can help us with? Yeah. We can do. We'll do. Uh, we'll we'll bring people into some of the communities, some of the really remote communities. It's really intense. So we do. We can structure people to come in and visit our communities, which is eight hours probably from Cusco. That's a short drive, right? And so we can we can develop a by design trip for anyone that would like to come in. And you know what we do is we just do exchanges so they can support the project and we'll take them into the forest, which changes the course and trajectory of your life. A visit to the Amazon is beyond words. It's, it's an awakening to the, to the best that lives within you. And that, that <laughs> is definitely a wrap right there because we all need to think about exactly what Nan said. You took us there in our heart and our mind. This clearly wasn't enough time. I'm going to ask you, would you come back and Absolutely. have another visit? Can we, uh, actually, we, we are now on podcast. I would love some more talk time with you uh, at length because there's another side of Nan that we haven't even explored today that's very impactful. But you really embody what we are all about under the spotlight of focusing on guests who are not only interesting, but have impact on others. And you've done that for us today. Thank you so much, Nancy Santulo. We are grateful for you and we feel just an enormous amount of love for you. Yeah, and, and ditto on that. Thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, as we leave, just everyone keep following that gleam, you know, follow that and it, it follow where it leads you. So thank you. Thank you.
Thank you, Nancy. We appreciate you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today under the spotlight with Nancy Antulo. All the episodes are now uploaded as podcasts on all podcast platforms, so you can go and listen in at your convenience. And we're also now live on YouTube as well as Facebook. I want to say thank you. You've been not only very supportive, the messages about how much you've gleaned from these episodes has been really remarkable, and you fuel our fire to keep going. Thank you on behalf of everyone here, and we'll see you next time under the spotlight.